All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Holritz, and uh, happy Monday to you who are watching or listening live. Welcome. Come hang out with us. If you're if, if uh, you're listening to the audio version of this after the fact, follow us on Instagram at the Boca Podcast because we'll keep you posted on when we're doing these live streams, these live Boca Podcast episodes. And today I am super, super lucky to be joined by my friend, Miranda Joyner. Miranda, thank you for hanging out with me today. No, thank you for having me. I was so excited about coming back to you because you still are one of my by far favorite interviewees I've ever done. Well, you're, you're super generous. And, and here's the thing. I was genuinely excited coming into our conversation today, too. We're going to get into a topic. And I was telling you this before we started recording. We're going to get into a topic today about consistency on social media. And I'm honestly, I'm in this stage in my life now as a business owner. I don't, I'm lucky enough to have Jill, who happens to be my girlfriend, also is heading up digital marketing for us at Photographers Edit and our other brands, the Boca Podcast and so forth. And she, she oversees social media for me, but she and I were even having conversation about this recently. The, not just consistent about consistency, how often we post and so forth, but even the reach, the effect of social media on our business. Is it actually necessary? Does it have that much reach? Does it have that much effect on our, brand, our brands and our business? So um, I, I, we're going to leave that question hanging. We're going to come back to it because I really want to get your take on, on this whole thing. Sure. By the way, Kenny Wong is joining us and he says, good morning from San Jose, California and KW Photos. Thanks, Kenny, for, for hanging out with us today. And by the way, for everybody listening or excuse me, watching live or listening for that matter, Please don't hesitate to comment, ask questions, send us funny emojis. We want you involved in the conversation very much. So, so don't hesitate to do just that. But on that note, uh, Miranda, I, I want to stop talking. I'm excited. So when I get excited, I'm talking. I, I get talked too much. <laughs> same here. Same okay. here. And I love a good emoji, by the way. Oh, like yes. I am an emoji queen. I barely send a text message without an emoji attached. And I think 100%. to myself, I need to grow up, but I don't want to. <laughs> it's funny you say that because my girlfriend and I were actually talking about this. We, we kind of know when the other person's a little off if we get a text <laughs> message that doesn't have an emoji, right? Like some kind of smiley yes. face or something. To, yeah, right? You can relate? It's like... It's like it's like energy, you know, text is so hard to read the energy and the tone. And so we have to send those LOLs. Now it's become a habit of the smiley faces yep. so that the energy doesn't come across the way because people really do read it in your voice. And yeah, it really does help to soften the, the, the words yeah. type with our thumbs. Oh, 100%. But I, I don't know about you, but like I'll literally smile as I'm entering that smile emoji. <laughs> like I'm trying to communicate that energy as I'm texting. <laughs> I'm such a dork. Perfect. <laughs> okay, well, I want to I want to take our listeners back because you're actually a return guest. You, you alluded to that just a second ago. One of the the relatively few, actually. So thank you for coming back. Uh, we're lucky to have you. But back on episode 450, which aired back December 31st, actually, so right before the new year, uh, we talked about building a brand on your passion. But during that episode, we'll link to the episode in the show notes for everybody listening in. Uh, for those of you watching, if you just go to bocapodcast.com and search Miranda Joyner, you'll find this episode. But there's this clip that is brilliant. And I, I want to play it for everybody and then kind of get your take on it if, if you don't mind. So we're going to play this here. I'll turn up the volume so everybody listening in can hear. All right, here we go. Okay. I tell people this all the time. You have to imagine that the person standing in front of you that you're pitching to or that is thinking about doing business with you is asking themselves the question, what does this have to do with me and why do I care? Mm. And, you know, what, what, how can this help me? Yep. And so the quicker you get to that answer, the more likely they are to want to do business with you. You can give them all the fluff on the back end. But the, the at the end of the day, when anybody's clicking on your profile, when anybody is visiting your website, when anybody is inquiring about doing business with you, they already know you're a photographer and what you do and that you take pictures and that they're great or whatever you do. They're really wanting to know the real reason they're going to decide the deciding factor for them is about what it is you can do for them most times on a personal or an emotional level. That majority of the investments we make, there, there's some type of emotional and personal investment. And so what is that thing that they desire? And just cut the chase and get to that. Uh, people just like clarity. So good. I, I mean, just like so, so good for two c couple of different reasons. One, clarity, right? Talk about clarity because I, I know that obviously I have a tendency of being too wordy at times. I know a lot of those in the photography industry, especially in their websites, just paragraphs of text on and on and on sure. the fluff that you were talking about. But sure. how, how can we be 
more clear, more concise, more succinct when we're talking to our potential clients? Yeah, so I think that's a great question, Nathan. And um, thank you for saying that. I think there are two things that stand out to me when I think about people being too wordy and not being very clear and concise in what they deliver. So it's either one of two things to me that I see happening. It's either one, people are trying to stand out by doing the most. They're trying to stand out by adding a bunch of words and content and searching for a way to get an advantage or say more than their competition, or maybe say the same thing they hear their competition saying to um, give too much information. And then the second thing that I see people doing, that's a mistake when it comes to losing the sense of what you do in that, is that we try to pour all of what we feel about what we do into our content. It's like, we want you to know all the things about why we did the things that we do. And while those things are extremely important in the context of telling your story, um, it doesn't, it, it gets misplaced when it comes to the places that people put it. Mm. And so when, when someone wants to know what this thing is, they don't want to hear founder story. They don't want to hear how you started your business. They don't want to hear why you care in those moments. But there are moments where those stories matter. There are ways for you to weave that into the tapestry of your brand, right? But what happens is I think that people misplace it. And they're always trying to give people too much information when people are just really wanting to know, hey, what is this? How does it serve me? And why should I want to give you money for this exchange of service? What is it going to do for me? Because that's going to be the deciding factor. Um, in the space of courting and trying to, when people have connected to you, right, and they have found you and they know and they have the clarity, the clarity should come before the story, honestly. I mean, if, if, if I had yeah. my way, the clarity should come before the story. Mm. Very simply, who you are, what you, you do, who you serve, how and why should I care, right? And then after that, that's when you coerce them into, now that you have their attention, then you start to tell the story and unfold in pieces and then bit by bit start to explain why they should do business with you. And that's the moment where you start to stand out. But in the beginning, people tend to start with that and it, it just, the, the clarity gets lost in translation. Yeah, I, I see your hand, you, you raise your, your, wave your hand over your face, that like glazed over look that we get, right? It's just like more <laughs> yes. noise, right? Yes, it's like, um, uh, oh man, I can't remember his name, but the guy who wrote um, the story brand, I think is the name Yeah, of Donald book. Miller. Yes, he talks about the bowling balls, and I use that often because it's such a great analogy. When you give me one bowling ball, okay, I can hold on to that, and then you give me another one, and okay, I, now my hands are full. When you start giving me more and more information, um, I start to tap out because then if I can't quickly connect the dots, um, especially in the world we live in, uh, you know, just assessing where people are, our attention span, you know, because of social media, our um, ability to just uh, want things really quickly. And so if we can't quickly get to the point or understand it, a lot of us will tap out unless there is an extreme desire to get that thing. We'll find somebody that can give it to us easily and quickly. Yeah. Well, and, and I'd love to go back to the very beginning of that clip. You talk about the, that client or potential client asking, why should I care? And, and I'm glad that you bring up Donald Miller because he talks about the significance of not our story as a company or a business owner, but the client or potential client's story. How do we make them the hero of their story? How are we going to make a difference in their life? How do we add value to their life? That's what they care about. So the sooner that we can tell them what that thing is, the better, right? 100% because your business, it, while it can in ways be about you, it's not for you. And I think that's where the line gets a little blurry with entrepreneurs and with business owners is that we tend to make it a lot about us. You know, for me, I don't even use like, for instance, I go to this often as a default. I don't even use the word support in my business in anywhere in content. I don't even talk about support. I feel like it's a curse word for me when it comes to brand and business. And when I hear people say it, I get a little riled up and I want to correct them instantly because when I'm shopping at Kroger, or when I'm shopping at Target, or when I go to the store, Chick-fil-A, wherever I'm, I'm spending my money, I don't think I'm supporting them. I think they have something that I need, and then I have money, and so there's about to be an exchange for a need and a service. And the quicker we shift into that mindset and remember that it's not about supporting me as an entrepreneur, even though there is the entrepreneurial struggle. You have those conversations amongst your colleagues and your friends, but when it comes to talking to your clients... That's not the space we're talking about support and what you need and what you feel. The support conversation should happen amongst colleagues and and other people who are in this you know business with you in those business talks. But the conversation and dialogue you're having with consumers 
is I have something that can edify your life your emotional state, your mental state, your physical state, whatever you're selling, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you have something to give me in exchange for this service. And, and and that's the bottom line. That's the clarity about business that we, it gets a little foggy, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we fog it up, right? But yeah, I mean, I love this. This is brilliant already. Like we can literally shut off, go home for the day and, and <laughs> all of our listeners would already have tons of value, seriously, because it, it's, I think this concept gets lost a lot of times, especially in the photography industry. There's this emphasis on the visual and the pretty and the emotion to your point. And I don't think there's anything wrong with emotion, but that first three to five seconds that that potential client has to look at your website. The focus should be on communicating to them how you're going to add value to their life in the context of whatever the service is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hands down. Oh, that's good. Okay. Well, we'll leave that alone because I know I could easily get stuck there. It's it's such an important topic. By the way, Bradley Henderson chimed in. He says, oh, mate, I'm shooting a wedding in Ireland right now or I'd be glued. Enjoy, guys. Bradley, thanks for, for chiming in. And for everybody listening in or watching. Of course, these episodes will also go uh, to the audio version on your regular podcast apps as well. So don't worry. Uh, This will not get lost. The video versions will remain on our Facebook page at Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H Podcast. And uh, we're also right now pushing out to YouTube, the Photographer's Edit uh, YouTube page. So Photog's Edit. And we'll link to all these in the show notes as well for anybody who's listening to the audio version. So many different streams, Miranda. So many different things to keep up with. <laughs> I mean, you are, you are rolling over there. I love it. You're we're trying. Rolling. We're trying. So I, for everybody listening in who did not get to hear the first episode with Miranda, again, episode 450, Building a Brand on Your Passion. And Miranda, I want to pull up your website here to, to give all of our listeners a little bit more context if I can. And will sure. you just briefly introduce your brand, what it is that you actually do, the, the value that you add to our lives? Yes, the value that I add to your life is as an entrepreneur, I help you to essentially identify your purpose and use that message in your brand to connect to your audience and make money. Um, Identify that thing that makes you unique. You know, it's interchangeable with purpose, with your why. But essentially what makes me unique in the way that I show up as a brand strategist is that I genuinely pull that messaging out of who you are. And so, um, yeah, that's what I do. I just help people with clarity to know what to say on social media. Uh, and show up in their fullness. I mean, I can say it in so many ways, but that's the bottom line. Make well, money. And, and talk to us, Just I, I pulled this up actually on, on your website. Talk to us briefly about your, your book as well, because this actually came out not very long ago, A Lot Alike, and we'll link to this uh, on Amazon, of course, in the show notes. But talk to us a little bit about the book. Oh my goodness, from what angle? So do you want to know what the book entail, entails or do you want to know the process of writing? I could Sell go us, so many get, different give, us, give us that elevator pitch on it, yeah. Listen, this book has been described as um, simple, to the point, practical, and packed full of information. Um, It's helpful, it's fun, and it's a clear way for you to understand purpose in reference to how you show up and connect to what you do. And then it helps you to, like I said, I essentially took what I do with my clients and I put it in a book and I made it as clear, as simple as possible. I didn't um, stack it with a whole bunch of just loaded information or jargon. I made it very clear. I just got to the point and it's it's written in three parts. Um, The first part talks about purpose. The second part talks about organizing that message. And then the last part talks about how to apply this on social media and strategy. And so it really just takes you through the process from identifying your unique position to getting to social media, to getting to the coins and your consumers. It's that roadmap to connection. You know what I mean? And I I had a, oh, go ahead. No, please go ahead. No, I was just going to say to two people that I had described this in a way that, you know, it's so awesome, you know, to hear people's feedback about something that you put out. And one person said that it was like sitting across from you at a cafe and having a, a, a cup of coffee and talking to you. And it felt like coaching. And they said it felt like also a warm hug. So there you go. <laughs> that's that's, the emotion. But the, the thing is, that's that is your personality, right? That that warm hug, that vibe that, that you talked about the energy earlier that you bring. It's, it's totally that's totally you, Miranda. So the fact that you're able to yeah. actually translate that to book form is pretty brilliant. It's crazy. I I was so intentional about it that I read the book aloud, the entire book aloud during Mm -hmm. the writing process. We had 14 revisions. We wrote this book uh, rather rapidly uh, in about five months from thought process to actual publication. And we had about 14 plus revisions and I read the entire book aloud 
in my house. And while I was reading it, I was thinking about you. I was thinking about the entrepreneur. Mm. I was thinking about the consumer. I was yep. thinking about, will this be something that they can hear? And does it feel like I'm talking directly to them? And I was so intentional about it. It's like when I text and I'm smiling as I'm putting that emoji in, right? That's what you were doing with your book. <laughs> 100%. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So we're going to, of course, we're going to link to your website. I'm going to pop this up on screen for anybody that's watching, MirandaJoiner.com. We'll also link to the book as well in the show notes at BocaPodcast.com. And then for anybody uh, who would also like to follow, not even would like to, I'm going to encourage everyone to follow Miranda on Instagram as well, Miranda Joiner. And I popped that up there on the screen. For everybody listening to the audio, it's just like it sounds, Miranda Joiner. And we'll put all this in the show notes at BocaPodcast.com. Okay, Miranda, I'm going to keep going. We have so much to talk about. Let's, we're, we're going to actually talk about consistency on so, social media. And um, before we talk about the significance of consistency, how to be consistent, I want to ask you about the significance of social media. I, I started to get into this a, a few minutes ago, but I happen to, to run, I'm, I'm lucky enough, thankful, certainly for the opportunity to, to help run a company, a multi-million dollar company that I started back in 2008, uh, that has a social media president a presence rather but i mean we have like on instagram we might have three thousand followers i think on facebook maybe about ten thousand a little more and and yet we don't have any engagement frankly like we, we're posting to be present we're online we post on stories we're, we're, we're posting to to our feed and, and not only there but also to twitter as well now of course we're creating content for youtube but the amount of engagement that we get isn't quite that, that much i mean it's just not significant and the conversation that I was recently having with, with Jill, uh, who heads up our digital marketing, was how, how much do we need to continue to pour our time and effort and energy into just posting for the sake of posting when it doesn't usually translate to our bottom line? So my question to you, and it's a little bit rhetorical because I, I, I think I know at least the direction you're going to go, but the question that I have for you is if we see that social media is not making that big of a difference, and I'm, I'm sure other photographers might experience this, they're getting a couple likes, maybe a comment or two. But if it's not actually translating to, to revenue, increase in revenue, is social media that important? Should we be spending that much time on it? Yeah, so that's a great question. And um, I, I would start by saying that the first thing you want to think about and the first question you want to ask, which is, it seems like the obvious question, right? Okay. <laughs> which is the people that I'm trying to reach with the work that I do, are they on social media? <laughs> mm. That's the very first question I ask that we seem to skip over because there is this encouragement to be on social media. But talking about clarity, if they're not on social media, the people you're trying to reach, then should you be on social media trying to reach them? And if you're just trying to spread awareness to a bunch of people that aren't going to do business with you, what then becomes the point of being present on social media? Okay, that's the first thing. Uh, because honestly, while every business I feel like should have some type of social media presence, when there are, um, if there are people that are existing at any moment on social media that are going to do business with them, but if the majority of your clients, if you're working with um, major CEOs or people who are too busy to be consumed with social media, then it's, it, it, I mean, does it really make sense for you to be there? Where is the hmm. person that you need to reach? A lot of times, sometimes the CEOs and those people are more LinkedIn friendly. They might be on Twitter because Twitter is very news generated and Twitter is very sports and news and quick. Right. And so you have to think about what language each one of these platforms has. And then you have to ask yourself the question, the person that I am serving that I need to reach where are their eyes? That's the very first basic, simple thing to understand Fair. before okay. you start digging into the role. So if the people that you're reaching are on social media, social media um, and, you, and, and really it's very important for you to get very specific about who this person is, what they care about, what they're doing with their lives, um, you know, what type of energy they have down to whether they have kids, what they do for a living, really just understanding ideally who this person is so that you can better understand their habits so that you can interject yeah. with where they are in life. That, that that's the strategy here is to see where this person is, where are they spending their time so that I can show up strategically in their lives. Um, that's the first thing. So if let's say that they are on social media, so let's just make the assumption that this person is on social media, um, then absolutely 100%. I believe that you should be showing up in that space on social media. Now I'll tell you what happens. And I think what the hangup happens where people say I'm on there, I'm on all the platforms like you just did. I was listening to you say, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Hulu. You're on Hulu. What are you doing? Hulu? No, I'm just kidding. So we're on, <laughs> but, 
<laughs> we're all over the place. And the question then becomes, if you're not getting engagement, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that, that it's not working as much as it means is, are you doing the right thing? Sure. Are you saying the right thing? Are you utilizing the platform in the way that you can? Are you speaking the language of that platform? Mm. Are you showing up on Twitter trying to post links to send people who are on Twitter to your Instagram? Right. When people who are on Twitter want to be on Twitter. Right. They like to talk. They like quick communication. Right. They like information. They like it fast. And so when you look at the function and the language of Twitter, it's quick, fast communication. It's really big, again, on on news and sports and then, you know, political things and, you know, social, um, you know, issues or just, um, you know, whatever's happening in, in the world sure. trending. And so if you don't jump into that lane of communicating that way on Twitter, of course, you're getting ignored. Nobody's going to take the time to click on a link to go to Instagram when they're on Twitter because they want to be there. And so the same for the other platforms. When you think about Instagram, how are you showing up? Are you using the language of that platform to speak to that audience? That's the first thing. And then the second thing I would consider is, you know, if to think about if what you're doing is not connecting, then maybe try to have a different type of conversation. We really have to look at this like recording our audience. And so yeah. if if you are trying to date a girl and you're trying to get her attention and the first thing you, you say to her doesn't get her attention, well, you're going to mix it up. <laughs> you're going to talk about something hopefully. else. Right? Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. You, well, maybe you don't want to talk about that. Do you want to talk about this? Or mm. how do you, and, and we have to look at social media the same way, but we don't. We look at it and we, get, we feel rejection because we're so close to it. And because we feel rejection, we think, okay, this didn't work. So I'm just going to back out into my corner. But the goal is not to back out into the corner. The goal is to say, okay, this didn't work. So let me try to figure something out. And the goal becomes to figure it out. What is working? What doesn't work? And to try all of the different things, the different ways to communicate, the different things to say, and then to pay attention to how she moves, right? When I say she, I'm still comparing it to dating a girl, right? Sure. And so if you, if you say something and she cheeses and blushes, then you need to say more of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, need, you need to lean into the thing that she really sure. likes and do more of that thing she likes. And so that's what happens. We feel like it's a fluke when something happens on social media and it does good. And we say, okay, that did good. Okay, we're going to try something else. No, 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 no. Come back to that. Give them more of that. Hmm. Um, and, and so that's what I would look at. I would pay attention to the platforms and how you're speaking on the platforms. Hmm. And then I would also think about the messaging. Ask yourself, is this something they really want to hear? And then play around with the content or with what you're giving them and see what they want to hear. And whatever they're responding to, try to give them a little bit more of that as you ease more of the other things in there. You just go heavy on what they want as yeah. opposed to what you want them to have. Right. Yeah, thank you. That's And that's a good reminder as well. I, I guess, you know, again, it was a bit tongue in cheek. I know that we need to be, if we're a modern business in 2021, we've got to be on social media. It was just, sure. I, I think it was more of a question of kind of that 80-20 principle, right? We're, we're putting all mm -hmm. this time and energy into just posting for the sake of being online. It's We're getting minimal engagement. And despite that, again, we have a multi-million dollar company. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to, 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 to try to make a big deal about the money that we make sure. as much as just saying, look, like this is, we're, we're doing fine without getting tons of engagement on social media. But then the flip side of that conversation is, could we be doing much better if we were engaging with our potential client in a more effective way? What would that be? And and I think you highlighted a couple of pretty important ideas that we need to keep in mind. I, I love that you you said you know you highlighted the fact that it's easy to to see this what what seems like a fluke in the moment, the sudden spike in engagement for a particular post, and we're like, oh, that's really cool, and we don't we don't do anything with it. We just keep going on to the next thing rather than actually mm -hmm. capitalizing on it, realizing that move the needle. We need to focus here. Yeah, paying attention to that, to what she likes and what she loves. And then you have to ask yourself this question too, you know, Nate, you, you're saying you guys have this company that is doing well. You have to ask yourself, what is my intention for being on social media? And honestly, each post, each thing that you post, I mean, down to the thing that you post should have a very focused intention. Sure. And so sometimes intention gets lost in the work. Sometimes intention get lost in the, this is what we're supposed to do. And then we lose sight of, oh, I need to have intention with everything. Every single thing that I post, literally everything I post has a certain type of intention. And the intention for me is not always engagement. And that's another thing that I want you to think about is that the engagement is not always the goal because there are posts that I post that might not get engagement visibly to me and to you. But when I look at the insights, 
Some of those things that don't get a whole bunch of likes get saved and shared more than anything that gets likes. So sometimes I post a picture of myself, right? The pictures of me and my personal life and, mm-hmm. you know, the pictures of my face, mm-hmm. high engagement, what yes. looks like engagement, right? The likes. Likes aren't really engagement also. can we? I want to talk about that Fair. in a second. Yep. Likes are not engagement, okay. right? Engagement is this right here. And yes. what you and I are doing is an engaging conversation. Yeah. So there has to be a back and forth and a presence. And it doesn't always look like likes. We have some somewhere along the way just you know equated likes to engagement and that's just not true right but we have to ask ourselves what are the intentions of the post so I'll post like I was saying a minute ago I'll post a picture of myself and we'll get what feels like high engagement because the like count is high but that's because people really like to see things you know like to see me they like to see what's happening then I can post a content thing And it won't get as high of an engagement on the like scale. But when I look in the insights, it's saved and it's shared more than anything, more than anything. What does that tell me? These posts have two different purposes. Okay. Right. One purpose is to let people in and and see what's going on in my life. And the other one is, oh, this is content that people are actually digesting. And so there is still a level of engagement that's happening there. We just have to look for it in the right places. And what we're doing is we're misplacing what we feel like true engagement is with our social media. And then we also we need to understand that each post has a different intent. There are people that have followed me um, for months, Nate months and never liked any posts never Mm. showed up in my social media Mm. and then will end up booking with me and one of the first questions i'll ask and i'll say how did you find me and they'll say oh i've been following you on social media and i think you've i've never seen you say anything interesting so we have to really get out of this space of posting for the instant gratification of what feels Uh, like engagement through likes and interactions because we just have to keep showing up this is where consistency comes in okay this is where we're just consistently showing up and understanding that we're constantly having a conversation. Hmm. And just because people aren't engaging in the way we feel like they should, it doesn't mean they're not watching. Okay. Well, you're, you're an absolute professional because you totally set me up for our first question regarding consistency here. We're, we're going to get right into it. When I think about consistency, one of the, the things that I think about is that the frequency, like how many times in a week, for example, am I going to post or should I be posting? I, I would assume that it varies according to the business or to your point, the intention, but what would you recommend to our listeners, especially those that are photographers, sole proprietors? Yeah. So what I recommend is that you do what works for your business. Because I could give you a blanket statement and, and it, it makes me cringe a little bit when people are like, and I get it, there there is a level, there is a time in businesses where people should be showing up um, at a high frequency. Okay. But for whatever reason, like you said, and you said it, and, and I wrote about this, there's a small part about this in the book, that when, when people hear consistency, they translate that to frequency. And those two words have two different definitions, right? Mm. And so what consistency is, is consistency is showing up in the same manner, with the same energy, with the same content, showing up, for, for example... Um, to make it practical and uh, to something that happened with me. I had, um, I, I've been on Clubhouse for a little while since the, the end of last year and I gained quite a large following rather quickly and um, uh, just quite a, a little group of super fans that uh, have become my tribe on Clubhouse. That's awesome, okay. And, yeah, it's been pretty uh, phenomenal. Uh, it's, yeah, it's been mind-blowing. And one of the ladies, she follows me in almost every room. And, you know, sometimes we, we communicate back and forth through DM, you know, sometimes. And she's often responding to, like, literally almost every story I post. And uh, she told me, she said, Miranda, I will follow you into every room, big or small. And one time I was in a really small room with someone that asked me to co-mod with them. And if you're not familiar with Clubhouse, it's where you get on stage and you talk and, you know, kind of almost like in a podcast form way. Yeah. And there's an audience that can listen and so she would be one of the audience members listening in on this uh a podcast of sorts it's like a conference in your hand and um she said i wouldn't even she dm me while i was in this smaller room that i had agreed to do for someone that asked me to do it she said miranda i wouldn't even be in this room if it wasn't for you she said but let me tell you why i'll follow you into these small rooms she said because no matter how big or small the room is and the stage you're on you show up the same way giving the same Mm. type of value and Mm. content you have the same energy every single time Mm. And she said, so I just know even if I go in this room with you, even if it's not a lot of people in here, you're still likely to drop some really valuable, helpful information. You come with the same sense of humor, the same energy, the same energy. Like she just kept saying it. And that is consistency, right? That's consistency. Hmm. So frequency, you know, when people tell people to, you know, post three times a day, every day, that gives me anxiety, right? If that's not realistic, <laughs> okay. like, like it's like, holy crap, if, if. 
that's not realistic to your structure or to your flow, then what's going to happen is you're going to burn yourself out and you're not going to be effective. You're likely going to be posting the wrong things. You're going to feel overwhelmed and it's not yeah. going to get done. Yeah. So you really have to ask a couple of probing questions. One, what does your, how does your consumer like to process information? Because that's something to consider as well. How do the people that you're speaking to like to process information? And I, I do think there is a such thing as, um, um, you know, posting too much content if it's not the right type of content. Sure. Right. And so that's very important to know if you're posting every day and all you're doing all day is begging people to work with you. And all you're doing all day is talking about your business and yourself and you're never mixing it up and doing any fun things or engaging things like engaging things, like asking them questions that have nothing to do with nothing. Right. Like, Hey, do you like sugar um, or salt and pepper on your grits? Like just ask (laughs) random yeah, because I need to know. I need to know what type of people are following me <laughs> to know whether I need to follow you back or not. These things are important to me, but they're also funny and engaging. Mm-hmm. There is a level of content that a lot of um, uh, brands have started doing that is kind of viral content that is shareable content, right? That has nothing to do with their brand or business. That is a level of engagement and communicating and that sense of getting to know people. It's almost equivalent to how you send your friends little funny memes and things that you find on social mm-hmm. media. Mm hmm. You're, you're dating your audience. So talk to them about other stuff just a little bit, right? And so if you show up in that frequency, then now when you're consistently showing up, your frequency doesn't bother them as much because you're mixing it up. But what I would recommend if you're asking about how to consistently show up, I would figure out what works for you and your audience and then stick with that. If it looks like three times a week you posting, then just consistently show up with the same energy three times a week. Right. And if that frequency doesn't work, try it out for a month or two. And if you feel like it's not working, then switch it up a little bit to see where people are, you know, where they're engaging with you the most. Sure. And then show up in that space. Okay. That's good. I, I, it still leaves me with like so many questions because I guess one of the things, and, and maybe this is a good next question, um, is you're, you're talking about the variety of content. And I really like that. You, if, if we th- start thinking about it like we're texting our friends, yes. first of all, it creates a, a different voice, right? A more personal voice. It's not overly formal, uptight, which I have, I'm, I'm so bad about doing that, like thinking too professionally, if you will, rather than mm-hmm. just talking like I'm talking to a friend. So there's, there's that piece of it. That also then translates to the type of content. But I'm wondering, aside from just simply posting a variety of content to see which gets the best engagement, are there other ways to kind of get a feel for what our potential clients are looking for, especially as photographers? I mean, the the assumption might be, I just need to post a pretty picture, but that may not always be the best thing to get the most engagement. Yeah. So here's the thing. So here's the thing. Um, You know, I'm sorry, men. Um, but I think women tend to be really good listeners. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're, if you're a guy out there listening now, I need you to think like a woman and listen like a woman, because here's the thing. You're working with clients every single day. Like if you're already doing this work and you're showing up in the work on a regular basis, what are your clients complaining about right now? What are they talking about? What are their pain points? What are their issues? These are the things you post about. Mm. These are the things you enlighten them about. Mm. What are what are their complaints? What are their problems? What are their what are they scared of? You speak to those things very specifically. Like and 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 I'm glad that you said that it's like texting, right? That you know at the end of the day if if I'm sending a message and you know a text message versus really thinking in the framework of business. It really does have a different feel and energy. It's like what you said earlier, Nate, where you were like, when you send the emoji, you have that smile going on. You, you want, you want to put that same energy into Mm. the things that you put on your caption. I imagine every single day in every caption that I've ever written for my business, I've done it from my cell phone intentionally Mm. because it feels like a text message. And what I do is I wake up and I think when I'm writing a caption, I say, I pretend that I'm texting Bridget, who is my ideal target person. I pretend that I'm texting her and I say, what is it that she needs to hear today? And so what happens is, is in that caption, Nate, I start to use words like you. And I stop talking to this general public and I start talking very specific to Mm. a very specific person. And so what happens is when they read or when you read my caption, it feels like we're having a personal one-on-one conversation. Talk about intimacy. Talk about engagement. Talking about feeling like you're the only one in the room. 
this is what I poured into my book, which made somebody comment on Amazon that Miranda, it feels like I'm having a one-on-one conversation with you and like it's a warm hug. Hmm. This is the intention in which I put in every word that I post under my captions. And so with that being said, I think I answered your question. Did I answer your question? I feel like I got lost in that thought. I, it's, no, it's good. It's all, it's all very relevant. And I, I kind of like the fact that this is just a free-flowing thing. As, as much as I like to prepare for conversations and I have a list of talking points, and it's, it's, it's just kind of coming out naturally here. I, I actually, I'm curious because you're talking about the intentionality of what it is that we're writing and even sure. making sure that we're using our phone so it feels like we're just sending a message to a friend. Mm-hmm. How... I don't know. I, I, one of the things I'm a little bit cynical, I guess, about is I, I would assume that most people, in, in our case, it's photographers, right, who are already on Instagram quite a bit anyway, and they're scrolling and looking sure. at everybody else's pictures, that they're not going to necessarily take the time to actually read that text that I'm putting in the caption. It, what, what would you say to that? I mean, is, is there a high likelihood that most people are just scrolling so quick because they're in that scrolling mode, that 2021, like just get through it all quickly, double tap really quick and on to the next thing. <laughs> I, are they actually going to pay attention to that intention, that the text that I'm so intentionally writing out or that Jill's writing out or any of our listeners are writing out? Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, maybe and maybe not. <laughs> right Fair. so here's the okay. thing about maybe and maybe not yeah. right but do you want to risk not doing it in the sense to where there are people that are engaging and trying to get to know you better and trying to understand because this is the thing we have to understand what mm. we want so badly for whatever reason is to put everybody in a box and say that everybody that i serve is a reader or they're either not a reader but the reality is, is that <laughs> life's not that Some simple people, huh life's not that i mean we're, we're a little bit complex, you know uh nate so there's some of us that are readers and do you want to miss the opportunity mm. like you want to post content for those people that digest information like that and then every once in a while you want to post content for those that process information differently yeah. and then the people that react the most to certain things will tell you who's more than likely or the most type of person that's following you anything in the lack of engagement or the over engagement the lack of likes, the over, the, the, the more likes you get, it's all data. It doesn't equate to our worth or value in the work that we're doing or whether yeah. this is the right thing. It's data. It's for you to say, oh, okay. Everything that we do on our social media, all the engagement we get from these people, these, in, these you know, people that we can't see on the other side of our, our devices and, yeah. you know, social media, yeah. it's just feeding us information to know how to continue to show up. We have to look at it like data and information hmm. and stop looking at it as our, our self-worth or value or whether we're missing it or hitting it. It's not about that. It's about data. It's about, hmm. oh, this is working. This isn't. This is the type, oh, they like this type of content. And then also, I want to challenge you here in the way to say um, that as a photographer, you know, if your pictures are absolutely, you know, you guys bread and butter, that's how you sell. But again, mix it up a little bit. Talk to them in a different way. Talk to them again about other stuff so that you can see how much they are reading. Right. If you make if if all I see on your timeline is picture after picture after a while, if that's all I'm getting, of course, I'm going to stop reading your captions. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. No, no, please continue. So me, no, I was just going to say, so just give me something else. And, and so, so, so there becomes this rotation of the no like, and trust. So, yeah, I know you're a photographer, so find different ways to show me the photography. Find different ways to show me your story. Hmm. You know, take me behind the scenes on some things, right? Talk to me about your editing sometimes where I can see what you're doing. I mean, even though it, it's not super relevant to me, it's just cool to see what you're doing with my pictures and what that process is like. Sure. Show me some befores and afters, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me some client stories. I would read that. Yeah. If, 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 if you were showing me clients and it was like, oh, oh, that's cool. Like, look at this before and after. Hey, let me tell you this story about this couple that you might not know. I'm sure you guys have all types of cool stories yeah. attached to some of these photo shoots. Mm-hmm. Why not share them with me? Hmm. Because you know what that does? It gives me, it gives your picture texture. It gives me story. It makes me realize this is more than photography. Like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Like what was happening in this situation? There was um a, a, this guy I know from my hometown he went viral. He went super viral with this picture he posted. And and he's a photographer. Okay. Nate, let me tell you what the picture was of. And it gives me chills to think about it because mm. it was just one of those pictures because it had story. It was a lady who I think at the time she might have been pregnant. 
And what happened was, was I think they had a photo shoot scheduled and she was pregnant. And uh, tragically, her uh, either spouse or husband was killed tragically. Wow. And they did the photo shoot anyway. And they did the photo shoot. And in the photo shoot, he used the silhouette of the, the spouse in the photo shoot. Hmm. And it went viral. Mm-hmm. It went viral. And it was just the fact that there was a story behind this picture yeah, yeah. that you could see, hmm. right? And, and it, 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 I mean, it gives me chills now to even think about it. I just want to go find the picture and look at it. But he started doing, uh, and then what happened was it started touching so many people that other people who had experienced similar things, maybe who had lost loved ones, they started doing pictures where there was a silhouette of their loved one in a picture with them. Hmm. Um, and she ended up having to have this baby. I think I almost feel like that was the story, but she ended up having to have this baby without him because, wow. and, but in the picture, she had that moment. It told a story. Yes. You think I didn't, you think I didn't read that caption? Yes, <laughs> I did. I wanted to know like what was happening. What was it? And so lean into those type of things, mix it up a little bit. I, I, People this will is, read. Oh, that, and that's a good reminder. It's a good encouragement too. I, I think I, well, a couple of things. I tend to be a bit of a minimalist, so I, I tend to oversimplify. And, and that's certainly something that I'm, I continue to, to improve to work on. But I also, to your, to your point, this idea that we just put everything in one tiny box and assume that our, our audience just only wants one thing um, and, and that's it. Is it is way too simplistic a mindset to have, sure. and we certainly need to add to the variety and and explore different voices too. Is to your point, and Gerlin, who is who is listening and said that's a great way to to create captions. You were talking about uh, texting earlier, as though you're we're talking to friends. I think that's a great place for us to start. In fact, for that matter, I mean, so much great advice, Miranda, today already. I think this is going to be like me and Jill tomorrow during our, our weekly marketing meeting. We're just going to hit play on our interview today and just review like <laughs> point by point. Okay. This is what we're going to do next. Um, oh, this is really, really good stuff. And, and it's, first of all, you're such a great teacher, but you, you present the information in such, in such a way that is so easy to consume too. So for me who, you know, I, I joked with you before we started, I was, I was on Instagram and I'm like the old guy on social media. Um, <laughs> even for somebody like myself, it's, it's easy to understand and, and think about how we can apply it. So you make it super practical sure. and I really appreciate that. But let me ask you one more question about sure. the, this idea of consistency, not posting, um, but responding. When we think about comments or DMs, uh, and we're going to get to burnout here in, in a second and kind of finding the balance between making sure that we're there consistently, but also not getting burnout in the process. But how quickly would you say that, that our listeners, myself, anybody really on social media, especially that runs a business needs to be responding to those who are commenting or DMing? Do we lose, do we run the risk of losing some of that momentum that we're gaining if we're not responding within 30 seconds or five minutes? Like what are your thoughts on that? You know, th- the reality is it, it depends on where you are in your business. So here's the, the, the hard truth about this. And I, I'm probably going to say uh, the not so popular response to this. Okay, uh, okay. You know, other, other social media people might hear me and go, what? That's not okay. <laughs> so this is what I'll say in the beginning. Hmm. When you're, when you're building your brand, if you're just starting out and you have maybe a thousand or, or less, 2000 or less, 3000 or less people, as quickly as you can respond and schedule the response, you need to be responding. If you have time and you post something and then people are engaging with you in a quick manner and you're trying to build the relationship with your audience, the quicker you respond, the better, because right. you want to start that engagement. You want to, you want to respond to DMs if you have. So if you post something and you have about 30 or so minutes after that to sit and respond, then do that. And then just schedule a time within 24 hours to come back and do a sweep. That's what I do. I schedule it into my week to go back and look at and see what I missed on the last couple of things that I post if I didn't respond or, or, or have time to reply right in that moment, right? Okay. I, I am pretty consistent with that. As you continue to grow and scale your business, the reality is unless you're paying somebody, which I recommend, you know, at, at some point, shout pay somebody to, to manage your social media. Yeah, shout out to Jill. <laughs> um, then, then you want to spread out and maybe schedule like within a 24-hour time frame to respond to people. But I also think that when you blow up to a certain level, that responding is going to become little to impossible to respond to everybody that might be commenting under your post. And 
And to be honest, when you get to a higher level, I don't feel like at that moment responding to every single comment under your post is the main thing. Then it becomes about doing something else with your brand. Then it becomes about how do you find other ways to engage with these larger groups of audiences that you have, right? Because your audience is so big, realistically, it's just an unrealistic expectation to think that Oprah or anybody that's on a mega level can respond. Right. But we're talking about but we're talking about entrepreneurs here, right? So we're talking about, of course, a lower um, level of engagement when it comes to your posts. And so if you're getting anywhere from 20 to 30 to 40, um, you know, comments under your, your thing and your DMs are starting to fill up, the goal is to find a schedule that works for you. And at the end of the day, as long as you're responding, I have found that people are okay with it. When I got on Clubhouse, my DMs went to shambles. Like I, I, like just, I, I, I literally at this point have 300 plus uh, uh, DMs from Clubhouse wow. alone. Not just talking about just Clubhouse because people in Clubhouse, that's how they communicate. They just want to come up in there and they just want to say anything to you. Like, sure. oh my gosh, what you said on stage was amazing. Like, oh my gosh, I want to be your best friend. Like, these are DMs that I really have. <laughs> like, oh, I want to be your best friend. Like, you are so cool. <laughs> I'm loving what you're saying on stage. Yeah. And so what I'll do is I'll either leave a voice note for them or I'll either respond through message. And, I, and But but the, the beautiful thing I love about Instagram is that it gives you so many ways to interact and engage, right? So I can double like it. I can double click it. I can leave a voice note. Um, you know, I can, you know, respond through messaging if I want to. And so, you know, to just utilize all of those things to that works for you and your schedule. But within 24 hours, uh, that's my recommendation, honestly, okay. because it's just a matter of scheduling. Fair enough. Uh, so no need to, to stress, right? Like we, we can find a balance. I like that. I like the idea of being intentional and actually scheduling time to do that particular thing. It seems like a much better way to manage just a business in general, frankly, rather than just simply reacting yeah. to whatever's coming in in the moment. But Nate, we have to ask the question, what lies at the bottom of our anxiety? Hmm. Like what, what is at the bottom of the anxiety about responding to a person? Do we feel like if I don't respond in seconds that they're not going to like me anymore, that they're going to unfollow me? At the end of the day, it's, 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 the, it's the etiquette of an email. Like, right, you send me an email, give me 24 to 48 hours to respond to this sure. email. Sure, and, and people just understand that. When you set that tone and expectation for the people that are following you, there's no... People just, oh, you got to me. Great. You didn't forget about me. Mm. Most people are just excited to get any type of reply, even if it doesn't come instantly. And so really, we put this unnecessary pressure on ourselves to be so instant because we live in this world of instant gratification, yeah. instant notifications. We post something and we want the likes then. And it's like, <laughs> eh. I guess, yeah, I think that's, I, I'm assuming or projecting on the situation to your point, which is that because I, I feel like everybody is in this instant gratification mode that if I don't respond right away, they're going to be disappointed or annoyed or whatever the case, like that the sooner or the, the quicker I respond or that we respond, maybe they'll be that much more excited about us. But that's maybe a bit, again, too simplistic a thought process. Yeah. Most people that are following you, they love you and like you anyway. And so they're willing to wait. They have patience. Hmm. Most people that are in your DMS, they're, they're already bought into who you are. If they're in your DMS, then they're willing to wait and say, okay, I'm just, I'm just grateful to get a response. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I, that's encouraging. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's actually, to that end, actually, a great segue to, to my last question, which has to do with balance, right? So sure. there is a certain amount of attentiveness that we need to, to bring to the social media picture. And yet mm-hmm. we all have 50 different things to juggle as, as business owners. So I'm curious mm-hmm. if you have a few specific recommendations as to how our listeners, photographers, or just entrepreneurs in general can have a little bit better balance when it comes to managing social media, but at the same time, not mm-hmm. constantly being there and getting burnt out in the process. Yeah. So I, you know, the best thing that I'll start with when it comes to finding the balance is, is planning. And not planning in the sense to where, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be hundred percent transparent here. I am not the plan 30 days of content girl, like bless everybody who can do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not even going to pretend that I am have ever, first of all, have ever in my <laughs> entire career planned 30 days ahead of content. Mm. I am a very, um, week by week, chunk by chunk. Okay person. And so what I do is I take out my Sundays and I look ahead on my week and I think about what my week entails. And here's the cool thing about kind of, um, you know, this is kind of going to circle us back to what we were talking about earlier, Nate. But like, for instance, this week I'm traveling this week, I'll be traveling. um, and, and, And so my content is going to include 
hmm. things about me traveling. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm thinking about my business, but also I'm thinking about my content is going to be towards the end of the week. I'm going to be showing some content for my travels that has nothing to do with my business because this is the engagement and insight. I'm going to share this part of what I'm doing hmm. with my audience. And so because I'm looking at my week, I'm able to say, what type of content am I putting out this week? Now, what I, what you can plan, if you're a planner, for sure, is the themes for your months, right? So you can say, hey, these weeks, I'm going to talk about these things. These weeks, I'm going to talk about networking. And then you can break down the ways that you want to talk about networking. If you plan the themes and then you get into the rotation of the no like and trust, sharing things about you as a business, sharing fun things about you traveling and then saying, hey, I'm going to share a little information about networking this week. Mm-hmm. It's not so overwhelming, right? Yeah. And so you think about what days you want to post that on. But I every Sunday I take time and I sit down. I think about my week. I think about what things I'm doing. What are, I start with the things that I have planned for the week that are major um, movable like things. And then I think about what type of content that I want to share around that. And then that helps me to come up with um, what I post and how I post it. That's the first thing. Planning is going to be a game changer, right? Mm. Organization is just going to relieve so much stress. There's there's yeah. no way around it. There's no magical way to not be organized. Organization, even if you're not organized, it's just going to relieve stress in your business, in content planning, in your house, in life. Organization so just makes everything better, okay? So I can't give you a quick fix for that. I would I would recommend using apps. There are apps that people use, uh, Planly, uh, Mojo. There are content creating apps that can help you create content, um, and and you know you can use uh, Canva. Um, and, and Canva is something that's online and it's absolutely free. And I think a lot of people use Canva, but I will say this about Canva is that I found that it's not super friendly to the algorithm to me sometimes, really? uh, depending on what you use. Some of the things, like some of the things to me aren't. Um, but I tell you one thing that is, and, and we're getting, I'm getting a little derailed here from your question, but, but the, uh, carousels are really big deal. The reels are really big deal when it comes to Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, those are very popular because they're easy, quick concise, simple reads. And if you can put good content and information in those things, uh, those always work. So if you think about the ways that you want to post and then think about what you have for that week and just stick with that rotation and that formula, I think that'll help you with feeling overwhelmed and burnout. Now, if you are in a space where you feel like you have too much going on and you're like, Miranda, I don't have time to plan. I don't have time to think about that. I don't want to think about it and you don't want to do it. What What I want us to do and, and I, I beg of you, everyone listening, if it is not your wheelhouse and it, if it's not if it's not something you enjoy doing and it's not something you can do well and grasp onto it, find someone else to do it. Yeah. Like, please. Sure. Because what's what's happening is you're trying to show up in this space that doesn't fit you and you're you're exhausting yourself and you could be showing up in better spaces. The quicker you get comfortable investing in yourself, which investing in someone to run your social media is an investment worth having. Right. And you say, okay, this is the investment I'm going to make into my business and myself this month so that I can show up. This is what I want. If you're going to invest in your business, here's my advice for you. Very important advice. And then I'm going to pause here, Nathan, for any follow-up questions you have. Advice. If you're going to hire somebody to invest and to run your social media, there are two types of people that you can hire. And people get really confused about this. When you hire somebody that is just social media savvy to run your business, then they're just that. They're social media savvy. So it then becomes your job to tell them what to post and how to post and to teach them what the things that need to be said on your social media, to teach them the voice of your brand, Mm -hmm. to teach them the language, to teach Mm -hmm. them how to engage. Because there are people that are out there saying, hey, I can do social media. I can do that in my sleep. You know, I know all the gadgets. I'm young. I can get it done. And then there are people that you're going to hire that can manage your social media from an understanding of branding and marketing. They get branding. They get messaging. They get content. They get clarity of message. They get the voice. They know how to pick up on that. They get algorithm. You know, they understand those things. You need to be very conscious of the person that you're hiring so that you don't hire somebody and then just throw them your social media and walk away and then get frustrated when they don't execute what you need as an entrepreneur when you hire people it's still your job to hire the right person to assess who you're hiring and then to train them and manage them it's your job so don't hire a person to run your social media and think that's your you, you can just take your hands off of it because you can't I, this is such a good thing. Okay, I want to. I'm going to come back to that because I want to hit your first point, which is to plan. And and I really like this idea actually of taking it a week at a time, and because a month at a time just seems like so much oh to think about. 
And and how do you? It, it seems like if you're planning a month in advance, then there's no real opportunity to also kind of flex and flow and respond to whatever's happening culturally yes. in the moment as well. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And the energy of your, you, you know, you, you're 100% correct. Like things happen, especially my gosh, in this last year, so quickly yeah. things can change in the blink of an eye. Yeah. And so you want to be sensitive to those things and mm-hmm. then figure out how to be flexible in that. Mm-hmm. And flexibility is also something that entrepreneurs struggle with, but it's, it's how you scale. It's how you grow being flexible. Just get used to it. Just start practicing now. <laughs> just it's so flexible. true. That's good though. Okay. And then you mentioned picking a theme for the week too, which mm-hmm. I, I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. So I don't know if we need to elaborate on it a whole lot, but I, I like that as well, which is let's take it week to week because you talked about the significant of variety earlier if all we're doing is just like as an editing company for example posting before after pictures mindlessly and robotically over and over and over and over again and these clients potential clients and people that are following us are just seeing the same thing they're like oh there's another before after from photographers edit again but if we actually go into each week with a different theme and a variety of content based on that theme i mean it's it seems like a massive win Yes, it's a massive win. And it goes back to the pain points, Nate. Like our audience would tell us what they're struggling with. You can just ask a simple question. What's the hardest thing for you right now? And and sometimes we ask those questions and we take the answers and we're like, thanks for engagement. We get selfish. We're like, they engaged. And then we run on to something else. <laughs> it's like, yay, this worked. We did it. And we're high-fiving and we're in the boardroom and we're like drinking coffee. And we're like, we did that, Chuck. We did that. They engaged. Chuck. That post was good. We did that. But But what happens is we miss an opportunity in those responses to say, Oh, they're struggling with networking. Oh, they're struggling with this. Okay, next week, we're just going to talk about networking. The week after that, we're going to talk about social media engagement. The week after that, we're going to talk about lenses, right? And if you, mm. and, and honestly, realistically, let me just say this. You can pick four to five good topics, and you can literally probably rotate those every month. Fair. You can talk about lenses every month. Yeah. I mean... Plenty of opportunity okay. there. And, and like, you know, you talked about formats earlier too, all the different formats that you can post and uh, sure. so many different points of conversation around one topic. Yeah, you could, you could easily rotate those and still have a lot of variety. Yeah. Point yes. taken, point taken. I, McDonald's I is selling us the, the Big Mac every week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they seem to be doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so to, to kind of finish our conversation though, you, you spoke to the significance of delegation and I, I love this because I didn't expect to go this, this direction in conversation today, but I really love that you highlight the importance for entrepreneurs, photographers in particular in this case, the, the significance of understanding that delegation is a process which absolutely has to include a commitment to not just communicating once, here, do this thing for me, but an yeah. ongoing communication process. And, and the, the way that I liken this, and tell me your thoughts on this, Miranda, I, I think about um, Photographer's Edit as an employee of the photographer, right? We're working for the yes. photographer. When I, used to, when I worked for other companies in the past, before I opened my own businesses and, and started focusing on that, when I started with that company, there was training initially. So they're, they're exploring or explaining what it is that they want done. And they're doing so in quite a bit of detail. But then they don't just stick me out on the sales floor, for example, and expect me to continue to, to just go work without any ongoing feedback and ongoing training, right? So I, yes. that's how I see it in this. But I think a lot of photographers not having been in management before or not being a CEO and having an employee, somebody to delegate to, they don't understand the significance of it. So what we've seen from an editing company standpoint is a photographer uses this once, they're not 100% stoked with the experience and they just walk away. And, and a lot of it has to do with the misunderstanding about how this process of delegation works. So I'm, I'm really glad that you highlight the significance of ongoing communication in the delegation process, editing or social media or otherwise. It's, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's, it's a paradigm shift, Nate. And we have to start looking at our business like a business and stop looking at the people that we're hiring on as our saviors. And Mm -hmm. I think out of desperation, out of, again, it's the misplacement of the energy, right? So it's totally understandable that we're frustrated, we feel overwhelmed, and we need someone to come in and help us. I think we should have spaces, safe spaces with other entrepreneurs to talk and have those conversations. And then when we show up in business, we have to show up as employers, And we have to understand that training is essential, that it's so necessary, that we have to look at the scale. We have to look at it as it's our responsibility to train these people and that we have to look at our business like a business. We can't run it 
like a side hustle. Mm -hmm. Like we're just bringing in friends. It is your job to delegate. And I think teaching that paradigm shift from this is a business and not just, you know, uh, something I'm doing with people and I'm bringing this person in to try it out. No, you're bringing this person in and you need to set them up for success, like you said. And so you need to train them. You also need to let them know the essence of your business and your brand. You need to tell them about your story. You need to let them in, give them insight as to why you do what you do. All of this is necessary in the training. You need to take them through a a, a onboarding process and there yeah. should be a consistent onboarding process for these things mm. that includes not just training but also like I said the culture what you guys care about what's important to you so that they can have that same energy that emoji energy that's what I'm gonna call it Nate yes. you give me a name for it <laughs> so they can so they can have that emoji energy when they show up and work for you they need that same energy and it's your job to transfer that in the same way that Chick-fil-A transferred is transfers it into their employees in the same way that Apple and transfers that into their employees, because all throughout Apple, all throughout Chick-fil-A, no matter where you go, the energy is consistent. And that's not by chance. Mm -hmm. That's not by chance. And so be the Chick-fil-A of your business, be the Chick-fil-A or the Apple of your business and think about that consistency anytime you have anybody working for you. That's good. That's good. I mean, mic, mic drop right there. We, not, nothing more needs to be said. This is super great stuff. Miranda, um, I, I want to respect your time. Everybody listening in and watching as well. Will you just remind our, our listeners where they can learn more about you, your brand, the services that you offer as a consultant in the space, your book, everything. Just kind of remind us all where we can find and learn more. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Um, so I am impacting this world in different spaces. Where I spend most of my time is on uh, Instagram and on Clubhouse. And so you can find me in both of those places just by spelling my name. It's Miranda Joyner, M-A-R-A-N-D-A, all A's. And then you can also find me on Instagram. I do spend a lot of time on Instagram as well, but literally um, Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, and uh, yeah, you can find me there. And my website is also MirandaJoyner.com. You can purchase my book. It's called A Lot of Like What Every Entrepreneur Should Know About Branding and Purpose. And if you are struggling to find a connection to the work that you do, if you're struggling to be motivated and to connect to your audience, um, then this book is for you. You can pick it up on Amazon.com. And it's also available on Apple. Perfect. Wow. We've got the website up there in the corner as well. So MirandaJoyner.com, Miranda Joyner on Instagram, Clubhouse. We'll put all this in the show notes at BocaPodcast.com. Miranda, I, I, I mean, I can't say it enough. I wish I could actually give you a hug and thank you that way. But thank you so much. This has been super fun. Thanks, everybody, for listening in, for watching. For those of you who are listening, do keep in mind, we are streaming these episodes live as well on Facebook. If you go to Facebook.com slash Podcast, you can see the replay there. Follow us on Instagram. Um, we're, we're learning from Miranda how to better utilize the platform, but we'll keep you posted on the upcoming live streams as well. And uh, make sure to come and join us, hang out with us in the future. Thanks once again, Miranda. Yeah, you're so good at this. Thank you for having me, Nate. <laughs>